Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before we, we get going, I just want to admit to you my friends and the internet at large, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite recently. Okay, bud. What's your favorite emote? Is it no build? Um, uh, but my favorite emote, uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you haven't been playing that yeah, much. I've played twice in my life and I know what no oh, build oh, is. Oh, no, so oh, no no build, like they, they that only lasted a week or whatever. Okay. Um, oh, uh, I guess yeah. I don't know Fortnite. Uh, the, the new thing is they've got the Dragon Ball people in it. Ah. Goku and his friends and are there. Yeah. Um, and the new emote is the fusion dance from <gasps> Dragon Ball Z, uh, where like you fucking line up and you can get another person oh, to line good. up with you and you do you do the dance together. That's great. So I'm just I'm just playing through. I'm trying to unlock all the Dragon Balls so that mm-hmm. I can get the Shenron glider. Mm-hmm. And then I will probably not touch this game again until they do like some uh, like the Parks and Rec crossover <laughs> or whatever the fuck thing you will get me to Sebastian. come crawling back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw a tweet that was fucking Mark Zuckerberg standing in front of like the Eiffel Tower in the metaverse. God, yeah. It's and then someone quote tweeted so and funny. was like, this sucks. You can be Goku with a gun in Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I my conspiracy theory is that Mark Zuckerberg does not want Meta to succeed. He doesn't actually a, believe it's in it. the producers. He has so much oh, money wow. to make it aesthetically pleasing, but he's choosing not to. He's, he, it all looks bad. My, Facebook looks bad. Meta looks bad. Is the the reverse, actually. I kind of think that he thinks ugly things look good. Mm. He's had that haircut mm-hmm. for years. And he's a billionaire. He can pay people to have taste for him. But he insists on looking like an alien in human skin. That's true. Gosh, if it, if it looks good at all, if there were any attempts to make it interesting or fun... Like, it would be very easy to fool people into using Meta. I mean, Liz knows this. I'm always right on the precipice of buying a VR headset so that I can work in a VR Kmart. Because <laughs> in a VR Kmart. The videos you've said. I've, I've been getting really into, like, someone built a Kmart in VR chat. Uh-huh. And you could just go work in a Kmart and then walk over and get a fucking hot and ready at the Little Caesars in the Kmart. You can go to Olin Mills, get your picture taken in the Kmart. Like, most technological advancements it is for fucking oh the, so, the tech okay. is for fucking i yeah. just want to work in a kmart i just but wanna... you can fuck in the kmart and that's the why they meet and i i was always i was too young to fuck in a kmart <laughs> when, they <were> <laughs> when they were around yeah
Let's get to the show. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Where where did we last leave Jonnet? Angrily um, marching through fake wall to Elton. Oh, yeah. That was that was the yeah, okay. Yeah, he was sort of challenging uh what what in this like clearly fabricated like reality is like hard and what's not, and he just like walked through the wall. Yeah. So so you you've entered you've entered the wall again and and very much like the tree before it. You walk in and it is as if the universe around you is just a stretched version of this rocky edifice. You hear nothing, you weirdly see nothing else. It looks like the way the sun was falling on this rocky edifice when when you walked into it. There should be no light in here, but when you open your eyes, you just see the texture of this everywhere. It is extremely disorienting. You you notice that it's hard to keep your balance, but you, do, I mean, do you do you keep pushing forward? You keep moving through. What is your reaction to to this? Because it's much longer than when you were in the tree. Well, um, if everything kind of looks like this stretched out rock face, is there any sense of like depth or or like if John it reaches his arms out? Does he touch anything or is it just like a void of space with like this this texture? It, it, it's just a, a void of space. I mean, you do okay. feel something firm beneath your feet, but it's really hard to perceive beyond the fact that you don't feel like you're falling. Okay. I think if that's the case, doesn't see anything. I think, yeah, John, it walks into this new space kind of sees that reality is also broken here and he starts to, to like like ah. Gabo Captain Travis Manigo It doesn't even echo. Mmm Oh jeez okay it feels as almost like you're you're yelling in your own mind. Then Jonnet's going to sort of test the waters by testing the earth. He's going to stamp, stamp his foot down to see if there's anything to, like, connect with earthwise to, like, bring up to, like, the surface. Like some oh, earth that's magic. that's interesting. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. Make an arcane check. Ah, I, I want to get my dice. This is... <laughs> I'm going to say that this is... Hard with two black dice. Ooh. Yeah, and everybody, uh, this is a great opportunity to get your dice out. This is going to be a dice rolling episode. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Within on three. Although not necessarily. Within I. Yeah. They don't, they, you know, they don't need to be, they just, you need to know where they are. They got to be at the ready. Mm-hmm. We're going to be playing the game this week. All right. You asked for it. We're playing the game. Mm hmm. We're playing the game. All right. Jeez, uh, this is feels impossible. What's going on? <laughs> okay, yeah. Why did I even... What would what, what, you think was going to happen? So that is two failures and one threat. So you, you focus up and you try to connect with the world around you. And I think the biggest thing, like, you're, you open your eye 
I think that has to be the, the most important aspect of this. You can tell through your open eye that the world around you does exist. You can't perceive it. You're, you're locked away from it. But like you can feel that there is a connection to something. You stamp on the ground, you know, in a way that would be kind of summoning up the earth. Uh, uh, with with the kind of earth magic that you do, connecting with sphere. But as you raise your leg, it's sort of like when you're walking up the stairs and you try to continue walking up the stairs after you've gotten to the top of the staircase. Mm -hmm. You just take a step and it's not there to meet you because in your mind and body, the way that you perceived the world around you, that like when you raised your leg, like, there was rock under it because like you're perceiving kind of rock everywhere and all around you. And, and the threat is that actually your body doesn't want to breathe right now because it doesn't think it's possible. You know, you, you have to really keep concerted focus to keep these actions going because everything about your body and it feels like even your soul and spiritual awareness wants to believe the things that it is perceiving around you. And the only anchor that you have outside of those things is your eye and your larger connection to the universe outside of yourself. And it's really hard to bring those things to war. Normally, these are things that like kind of work in harmony. Your, your awareness of the world around you and your connection to the universe at large you're not used to treating these as separate things. Woof. Uh, okay. Well then I think after, after like yelling into the void and then trying, like trying to like reach out to the earth, I feel like John, it finally becomes like very winded and like his breath becomes very labored. And so it's like, Oh, Okay. Okay, Kistler. <clears throat> Focus on what is here. And so he's going to close his eyes, try to leave his third eye open. And honestly, he's going to like just take careful steps backwards because he believes that the way that he came in was that way and and so I think I'm gonna do like a perception check while walking backwards love this I love this yeah mm, I'm gonna go hard on this one but because you've closed your eyes there's no two black dice okay perception is still I got to I gotta work on that <laughs> he's, he's a he's a a young adult learning about the world. He's got to be able to perceive better. Mm -hmm. We should get better at things eventually. I mean, we'll just be switching games. So yeah. Ah, damn. All right. So this is going to be a failure and two advantages. Hmm. Okay. So you are walking backwards and like having to actively remind yourself to breathe. You still don't manage to fully invest yourself in the perception of your third eye. I, I, I think 
because there's this disconnect between between your body, your soul, and and understanding your place in the universe, I, I don't think you manage to thread that needle in this moment. Instead, eventually, you walk through and you're... You're, you're suddenly like aware, even with your closed eyes, that your body feels air on it, where it was before it was like almost a, a, a terrible sensory deprivation that you were going through. John, it immediately freezes up. Yeah. And I think muddled as though heard from underwater, you can hear someone shouting your name. Is there any sense? Well, underwater kind of implies a little directionless, but is there any sense of like, this is coming from my left, right? I, I feel like it comes It comes from like, like you're, you're feeling this, the, the air on your arm, it is coming from that direction. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's going to turn to, <laughs> he's going to turn around, like double check one more time that he's definitely hearing something. If he confirms that he, do, that he is, he's like, all right, well, here we go. And so he he pulls out his pistol. He holds it in the air. He's like, hey! And then he fires it into the air. I love this. You step forward, fire your pistol into the air, and you suddenly, like, feel... You feel wind, like, now kind of whipping across your, your body and, and shirt. You feel the sink and give of sand beneath your feet and you open your eyes and you are on the 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 gray lighted you know almost desaturated beach that you were on when the captain died you are on the beach where that battle took place and you can see in front of you you can see Polaris standing, aiming a weapon in front of him. You can see that he's aiming at the very rock that you were huddled behind the time that you faced off with him. But you can see behind that rock, curled up, avoiding Polaris's pistol, is Zana. And with oh, the firing woof. of your pistol, Pol- Polaris turns his attention to you. And you can hear Zana go, John it? Is it like current day Zana or like This is current day Zana. Okay. Yeah, I think like John like there's so many like levels of realization when John it realized like, oh, we're back on the island. Oh, this is the this is the island uh uh of the of the mutiny. Uh Polaris, Zana, and then I think on Zana, Jonet's body like starts moving without fully even parsing out the rest like i assume like he's going to like run (laughs) yeah i think like he's like zana snaps back to polaris and then like starts running in the opposite like uh away from zana's like boulder rock whatever and he's just going to fan the hammer at at polaris to just immediately become a distraction and is like all right we're going (laughs) Ooh, i love this roll your attack yeah up, uh, ranged. Oh man. Okay. Uh, what's this against? Um. So this is gonna be a two purple. This is like an average roll. You're at like kind of close range. Okay. All right. This is gonna be one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So, uh, just a, just a weird roll. Four, uh, five advantages, and then the rest is a wash. <laughs> uh-huh. You move into a dead sprint. I love. Can I? I love running in anime. I know it makes no sense, <laughs> but there's something really viscerally satisfying about like watching a character tilt forward mm-hmm. to run, and I think especially in this environment where there is a sharpshooter that you are squaring off against. Jonnet is simultaneously trying to move as fast as he possibly can and keep himself low and small as a target while also trying to call attention to himself. There's this very quick running across the sand where you can see Polaris has like trained his pistol on you and is now tracking you. You lift your pistol in return and you're firing at each other. Polaris needs to step back because of where you're placing your shots. You need to make sure that you're moving in a zigzag pattern so he can't track you. There are rocks and things that that like litter this beach that you have to duck behind and it's a very similar situation to the first time that you squared off against Polaris in having to jump from object to object. But you're also being an older brother in this moment. You are trying to make sure that that attention has to stay on you, that he has no time to refocus on another target. And also, you don't just have a knife like you did on that day. You have your pistol. You have every skill that you have acquired in the months that separated you from that moment that made you feel so vulnerable and so terrified. You also have the familiarity with danger. As Polaris's bullets whiz by your head and blow up the rocks behind you, as you feel the sting of the shrapnel from that sand and rock getting kicked up and sprayed out, your only thing is focusing on how do I survive? How do I create opportunities for myself, opportunities for my sister? And your bullets manage to force Polaris into moving. You're not quite hitting him, but you're putting enough pressure on him that he cannot simply pin the two of you down. You fan the hammer, moving your shots like very quickly, focusing on the general area where he is, and you force him to have to take cover. You know there are just seconds that separate the time you reloading and him reloading, and you have to make the most of that time. With this like moment, I'm, I'm going to say like we are with you as you reload. It is a moment of relative calm because of the time you've bought yourself. What do you do with that? What are you thinking? Is John it's still on the beach before the tree coverage area? Yeah. Are you? Are you yeah. So like behind you, like you know there are trees, but you also know that like you were you kind of walked out of those and when you were in them, you were in the rocky cliff. So getting an idea of where you are and what your bearings are in this projection versus what your bearings are in whatever reality exists that this projection is being laid onto is difficult to say. Yeah. I, I think that like we've been having shaky, you know, like, success with it already but i think in this moment of like the calm before the calm of a reload i think jonnet is going to he's posted up against cover i think Mm -hmm. he's gonna like take like 
move at arm's length away from the cover that he's hiding under this rock and then he's going to you know as best as he can focus up put everything that he's got into he's going to just like essentially like one inch punch this rock to just like rocket the rock forward oh shit yeah oh i love that yeah yeah that's an arcane check for sure and i don't know the physics of this dreamscape but what am i rolling against so this is going to be average okay a ranged attack with magic okay uh that is one success okay okay i am gonna say i'm gonna say that 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 is enough to deal the the number of wounds I think the rock on this island has like a very volcanic feel to it. it. The edges are jagged and, you know, black. Can I describe when he like makes contact with the rock? Oh, hey, please, please do. Describe right, cool. everything. Instead of like a one inch punch, he like takes the weighted end of the Kasari Gama and then like just like stabs at the rock from there. And then it like the weight of the Kasari Gama hits the rock. It like transfers that that momentum and it just like rockets forward yeah i think what we get we we get like a slow motion of that scene and we can see the force ripple through the rock before we like snap back to reality where like sound and movement hit us all at once and we can just see this rock separate from the earth and slam forward and you can see polaris and it just strikes him and like completely obliterates him. It's such a big rock that you send firing at at this guy. And I feel like that creates an even sharper distance between who you are now and who you were then. Like it was so painful for you to do the thing necessary to protect yourself and to protect others in that moment. And you had to summon up everything to throw a knife before. And here you are throwing like a massive rock, the, the the size of yourself, easily skittering across the sands into this person and apparently striking him dead. <sighs> and so I think Jonnet is, yeah, I think he's not going to leave anything up to chance. <laughs> he's going to, like, check the the space where the body would be. And I think... Polaris, and then make a perception check. Okay, uh, one of my three purple hard. All right, thank you. Quick rolls. What is going on? Oh, uh, that's uh, two failures and one threat. Ugh. I mean, all all you it, like it's it, it's hard to get more information than what you have. Yeah, like. You know that rock hit Polaris like you can see him beneath this big rock. You don't know what else you'd be looking for. Yeah, I it's think grim. it's grim. He like kind of takes in the the area. It like admittedly doesn't see anything and then under his breath like just stay down. Stay down this time. And so then uh he immediately whips back and starts like sprinting towards where Zana was behind this rock and he's just like Zana Zana, what are you what are you doing here? Serious, how are you here? I don't know. And like you can see there is panic, there's fear, there's confusion. 
her eyes make contact with yours and there is relief and she just like almost lunges forward to wrap her arms around you hey wait hey wait I did really you is this are, are you are you real i've i've been a lot of things in the last couple uh, minutes hours don't know how long it's been i need you to okay uh what was my favorite book growing up john i don't know you're right i didn't read get in here <laughs> <laughs> you hmm i'm gonna give you one more perception check ha. tyler okay uh, one more perception check against. Yeah. Against, uh, against hard. Against hard. Okay. All right. So that is two threats. Two threats. Okay. But but a wash otherwise. Yeah. Okay. So the boat represents freedom, opportunity, and labor. Here's what I'm going to give you. You had the idea in character and you scrambled at something that you could test these visions with to make sure that you are indeed about to embrace Zana. And, you know, you tried searching your heart for a moment for what is the right thing for this person to say to me to prove who they are. And the thing is, like, in searching your heart... You, you you weren't able to, like, pull up something that, like, only Zana would be able to, to, to say or know. And she said something that, like, sounded close enough to write. And the only time that you notice that something is off is moving into the embrace. The way that she reaches her arms towards you and out to wrap you up in them, that is wrong. You feel that, know that, and understand that just as you enter the embrace and we'll allow you oh yes well i mean if that's i think that that then conjures like okay there's an embrace it's like i think jonnet it's like a full full body like all all giving it your all hug and then like it's like there's a so a slow settling in of like if i'm if I'm being honest with myself, that's not right. And and then I think like Zana, it's not you, is it? Yeah. I'm gonna make this check here, and you feel the grip. It's not tighten, but you feel it solidify as she says or it says with Zana's voice next to your ear I don't know what you're talking about big brother and you are now immobilized what what, or what does immobilize mean in this <laughs> there are statuses instance? in this game yes, there are statuses in this game this just means you cannot make movement actions yeah. um that that's all but yes, like you, you feel like I, you might not even be struggling to resist it yet, but like you just feel that whatever I do next is going to be a struggle. Yeah.
Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season and remind our dear listeners of the upcoming holiday break. There will be an episode of Skyjacks next week, but not the week after. And we should be back in business the week following that. I want to remind everyone that we are closing in on the deadline to apply to be the host of the OneShot podcast. So if you or someone you know could be the next host of OneShot, be sure to follow the link in our show notes to see the job description and the requirements we have for applying. This is an extremely rare opportunity, and I know it's one of those moments that people's imposter syndrome kicks into high gear. Do not let that hold you back. And if you've got a friend who should do it, don't let it hold them back either. Finally, since it is the holidays and people are shopping for loved ones, I will humbly request that you take a look at the Ultimate RPG Guide series. They make excellent gifts for fans of RPGs, because as we all know, we love to buy our own RPG books, but it's rare that people buy RPG accessories for themselves. So be sure to check out the Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guides, World Building Guide, and Gameplay Guide. And if you need new games, be sure to check out the Ultimate Micro RPG Collection. And while you're looking for those things, you can check out my upcoming product, the Ultimate RPG Campfire Card Deck, which is a mini game that can be played within any RPG campaign to help your characters establish stronger relationships, learn about each other's backstories, and explore your game world. That's not coming out until August of 2023, but you can pre-order it right now. And pre-ordering really helps out book sales because it makes retailers buy more copies. As always, a huge thank you to our backers on Patreon. You make this show possible, and especially the top-notch audio production that you are getting from Casey this episode. If you like what you're hearing, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to support us. If you sign up at the $5 level or more, you get access to our secret archive, which includes plenty of Skyjack's bonus content, and the bonus campaign, Starwall, which is using a playtest version of what will one day be the Skyjack's role-playing system. If you're curious about that, check it out. Now then, a word from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Let's cut over to Travis. Hmm. Travis, you stand before the Forest Queen. Welcome home, son. 
it's been a long time. Perhaps since we have stood before one another, but not since we spoke. Do you notice anything different? My son, you always grow, whether you are in my presence or away from it. That has been one of the joys of raising you. You are always in a state of change. Though I will admit, when last we spoke, you were in a state of distress. This is why, this is why I have brought you back home. There's much that we must sort through. For the first time in a long time, I agree. I can't remember if I described this before. I believe she did invite you to tea. And we have these, like, teacups that have grown up out of the table that are blossoms. And they filled with a mixture of nectar and water that just, like, formed into this perfectly sealed cup. Uh, she'll, She'll reach to the table and take a sip and gesture, please, I believe this conversation should happen when we are both comfortable. Again, I agree. We're on a roll. I know that you have faced much difficulty, my child. More than once recently, I have had to intervene to preserve your life. And what if you don't? Then what? Then you would die. But what for you? Well, it would mean what your death would always mean. Grief for me, William. The reason that I reach out to you now is those moments where you came to touch the edges of death. They were not near the distress that you had in your voice when you called out to me. How many times has it happened before? Not with me. She raises eyebrows. Whatever do you mean, child? Am I... Am I the first one? Am I the second one? The third one? The tenth one? The queen frowns and puts down her teacup and looks at you. There is sadness and pity in this look. Her eyes glow gold like the sun, and they fall upon you with its warmth. As much as you recoil from her touch or any tenderness that she might offer, this warmth is undeniable. And I think, I think part of that might feel sickening or chilling. Oh, my child, I did not want you to know. This is one of the burdens that I carry. Mm. You have felt a taste of eternity, but it is my life, my lot as queen. You are not the first. In many ways, you are not the hundredth. However, in others, you are a first. You are not the first William. You did not lose the first Margaret. But you are the first to be 
Travis Matago. And he is a fascinating man. Again, I can't help but agree. And did you bring her back? Was that you? I'm sorry? Margaret, did you bring her back? You had mentioned the maiden in your call. Margaret has returned? Yes. That explains so much. No wonder you are so distressed. Oh, my child. I I cannot imagine the pain that must have caused you. No, I would never put you in such a position. Hmm. To take away the thing that you love for so many years, just to parade it in front of you again, that is not my cruelty. No, I suppose your cruelty is different. But do you know who could have done this? There are many who possess different powers. I have dominion over the forest. I have influence over its inhabitants. Every life, every death within it can be a part of my domain. There are those who have dominion over the river. My suspicion it would be that it was one of them, whether it was the river itself, the cutting stones, or the rasalka. You probably have a better idea than I. I did not know the maiden walked among us once more, but you did. Clearly, some force separated me from that knowledge, but not you. Well, it, se- it seems like we each hold two pieces of the same puzzle, because I knew she was back and you didn't. And you knew that she was the maiden and I didn't. <laughs> My son, how is it possible for you not to know that? It is funny, every time I welcome William into my home and into my heart, though he has heard the stories that preceded, always chooses to injure me in the same way. You are William. You are my son, the son of the Forest Queen which can only be the changeling. And you loved Margaret, who can only be the maiden. Maybe, maybe it's something that I knew all along. Maybe it's something that I knew and forgot because I've spent so much more time being someone else than I ever spent being William. She stands up and walks over to you. The way the forest queen chooses to present herself is circumstantial. She cannot be said to have a height the way that Gable does, but she towers over you the way an oak might. Yet she is also within arm's reach 
the way the branches of a willow might. And, with caution, she places a delicate hand on your shoulder, and then another upon your brow, and sweeps some of the long white hair out of your face. It is true. It is true. You have spent a long time running away from William. I... I bear some responsibility for this. In the past, William has simply perished in the river. But I could not bear to do that to you. Not again. Why not? You are different. There are many ways you are the same. The Williams that I have welcomed in the past, I have welcomed as true innocence, cast away from the world of man. But you, while you were cast away, you were no innocent. The world had touched you, harmed you, in ways in ways that could not be taken back. You were already a man when you came to me. But you made an offer, a request, for the same kind of shelter I had offered to babes in the past. To be my son. And so I opened the forest to you. And all the time that we spent together, I knew you as a man. I saw you in ways that I was never able to see the other changelings. And when you were in that water, your hands and arms intertwined with hers, and I saw the rushes begin to overwhelm. I could not stand to see it happen again, and I could not stand to see it happen the first time. And so I reached out to you, and pulled you away. And in saving you, of course, I drove you away from me. Now, if I'm not the first William, and she's not the first maiden, how many other forest queens have there been? She smiles, and the warmth of that smile and those eyes, just like it feels like the warmth of sunlight, so too does it carry the bite of sunburn, and you feel the edges of that dance on your features, which I just now realized are not... I described your hair as white. Mm-hmm. Your hair is Oromar's hair. Mm. I, um, I I had assumed that was, you know... Uh, yeah, but well, I think I think we did say that right now Tra- Travis is perceiving his mm-hmm. body as Travis's body. Like this is the weird thing, and the thing that should be top of mind to us. And I realize we could have maybe forgotten since the last recording in this scene is that before Travis kind of realized there was the world that he was perceiving and the world that existed outside his body's perception. And for the last few minutes, he's just been within his body's perception. 
um, at this time. And I think that does project his, his, his vision of his body onto it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, there, there's, there's a flash of like, you know, Oromar's skin as well. E- even, even that is feeling like the intensity of the sun right now. And she goes, hmm. so many questions, child. <sighs> but I suppose you are old enough now. Would you like to make another deal, Travis? How could I ever say no to such a request? <laughs> Easily. <laughs> With a little Jonnet, like, right on his shoulder. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Just say no. Yeah, I don't even know who the the devil on your shoulder can only be you. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is poof a Travis Matigo? I think I. I think that a little Travis also shows up on the same side as Jonnet, and he's like, oh, man, what are they talking about? (laughs) What are they talking about? You really got to be paying attention, buddy. Oh, well, let me get a closer look. And he, like, moves to go around Jonnet, but just, like, shoves him off the shoulder. Projection John, it falls for a full hour. <laughs> physics work different. Yeah, physics definitely works different for sure. <laughs> the queen says, You ask for a story of mine, and I will give it to you, but you will owe me either a favor or a story of yours. Seems fair. Then I will make my favor or story clear, and you can decide betwixt the two. For my favor, I request that you never seek the company of the maiden again, so long as you shall live. What's the story? How did you two come to part ways once again? You know as well as I do, Betsa. Between these two... The choice is obvious. And I'll tell you a story. A story for a story. Fair enough. And my son, as I know is your custom, I will go first. You ask me how many queens there have been before me. And it is unfortunate, but I cannot say. This is a thing that has stretched on for as long as time has been. Perhaps not as long as the Forest Queen has been, but as long as any should care to remember. It has become a story. One of the stories that defines this place in which we all live. There is a queen who bridges between the wildness of the forest and the kindness and heart of humanity. I am symbol and personage of the connection between that developed mind of a human being and that animal thing that is the forest. It is a story, though, my son, that has swept many into it across time. You 
did not choose to be William any more than your Margaret chose to be Margaret, any more than I chose to be the maiden when I came across a wounded animal in my younger days. But, unlike many others, there was an intervention for me after I mended that beast who was injured in the forest, after I beheld his face and fell hopelessly in love with him. I wandered back to the world of man, the way I imagine your Margaret did. But what came to me on that night was a star gently fallen from the heavens. It appeared before me, and it explained that soon our love would bring us a child, that my love, Margaret's love, would be Margaret's love for William, like in the stories that I had heard when I was very young, and that necessarily this would end with my destruction, not upon being brought to a river, but upon the birth of my grandson, when I became the queen and I adopted a changeling, that changeling would fall in love against his will, against her will, against my will, and that love would bear a child, and that child would be my daughter-in-law assuming my life and place, and I would be cast away. But I was also made aware that the Forest Queen is eternal, and that stories are mutable. And so, when I rose to power, after I gave birth to my child, I told my husband, my William, that he must not leave me, that he must not leave my side, because if he did, then I would be lost. But stories are stories. When, when William gave me godhood, he was no longer eternal, and he aged, and he died, and when a child presented itself to me, cast away by the harsh world, I could not find the hardness in my heart to turn it away. And I accepted it into my arms and into my forest. And I named it William for the love that I had lost. And I raised it as my own. And I explained from a very young age that all he must do, all he must do is refrain from loving a Margaret. He must not allow a Margaret into his heart and into his arms, for if he did, it would mean his mother's demise. And yet, the story tore his love away from me, and I became aware that I 
could not punish this misdeed, that it was not within the power of the Queen of the Forest to raise hand against what she had brought into her home and domain and arms. But I was given a warning by a star, and so I sought another lumen to raise hand for me. It broke my heart, but did not destroy it. So when a child came to me again, seeking shelter from the world of man, I once again offered it shelter. I once again offered it a body that would be free from disease, a life that would be free from war and violence and all of the terrible things that live outside the forest, under the stars of the sovereign. And again, it defied me, turned against me, I knew that the story was driving this. The story made it impossible for me to resist, for me to resist offering a chance at kindness. Kindness mostly for William, occasionally for Margaret. The story is mutable, though. It can change. I can adopt a William I can adopt a Margaret. I can raise them to be loving and wonderful children and then willful and bold adults who always walked down the same path, who always eventually turned their love away from me and towards another to resign me to oblivion. But I knew that I could choose to correct them, to reject the story. So I knew, no matter how many iterations it took, that eventually someone might be able to change the story further. And then you came to me. William, you came to me. I like to think, before the stars fell, there was a time when, mayhaps, your first mother, your mother in the world of man, would have seen that she was unfit, that the scars that they gave to you before you came to me might never have touched your skin. But I also know, had they not done that, those terrible things, and that awful world you were raised in, until the stars fell, and after when unfathomable cruelties were wrought down by a shattered heaven. Had you not come to me, that wounded thing, and had I not opened my arms to you after you were already a man, then I wouldn't have found it within myself to try and save you. But I did. William, I did. And so you grew. You grew for two hundred years, near To be you. And to eventually become this thing that you've made of yourself, Travis Matigo. And you've lived. And I have lived. And I know now that you've not brought yourself to love me in the way that I still do you. I know that you see the things that I have done 
out of necessity for us both, or some injurious and odious thing visited upon you. But they are done out of love. William, I could not bear to see you perish, not even for the love in your own heart, but for the love of a story. And so I plucked you from that river. (laughs) I got to pluck you from that river because you came to me not in the river before. I really think that's the key of it. When I find you as a babe, you are a babe amongst the reeds. And this time, you are amongst the reeds as a man. And that has given us all of this time, even if we have not been able to spend much of it together, and even if much of it you have spent willfully spitting towards my hand. If you do not run towards Margaret now, the story will not continue. You will be free, I will be free, and your Margaret will be free as well. I do not know how many other queens have worn this crown and have ruled these forests, but I do know that I am the first who has rejected to be controlled. And I think you might feel some sympathy for that. (laughs) If you wanted to tell me that I was your favorite, you could have just said so. (laughs) (laughs) She laughs and the leaves of the forest rustle with it as a breeze passes through. The breeze is so pleasant, so pleasant on your skin. And Travis, this is important as you are feeling your skin. You are a spirit. You are a spirit in a body. And the thing about life, it's addictive. But there is a perception that is separate from the one that you feel through the body. And I feel like something rattles you from it. And I think when I say something rattles it from it, you from it, what I really mean is someone rattles you from it. Within Oromar's body, within Oromar's spiritual mind palace, you feel the hands stretching from Dref's heart. Dref's ghostly visage shaking you by your spiritual shoulders. Why aren't you paying attention? Ah! To what? And your spiritual perception opens up for a second. You see out of Oromar's body that strange tunnel vision of just being able to see through the windows of the eyes instead of using the eyes themselves to perceive. And what is in front of you is not your mother. It is not the forest queen. It is a being that looks like human flesh stretched taut across some sort of spindly and long-limbed skeleton beneath. Whatever it was might have once been human, but when you could have said that is long past. It has its hand 
on Oromar's shoulder. It was just brushing its claws against your forehead, and is now drawn them to razor-sharp points, and appears as though it is about to plunge its spindly and sharp fingers right into your chest. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We see like a port, the ship is docked, there is a huge crowd of people on land and up on the Uhuru, Jonnet has like, is like looking over and just like shaking his head and he's like, oh, not this again. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting down, I'm not coming down and I don't want you to come, come up, on, all right? Come on, come on, Mr. Kessler! Come no, on. no, all right? This is too much. Mr. Kessler. I've been coming in line in ages to get to speak to you. Please. I have nothing to say. I'm the a- The ticket I'm... prices were exorbitant. Can you Who just did you pay? Sign my uh, glasses that have an extra eye. You know, they're like, um, they're <laughs> like, um, Groucho Marx novelty glasses, but instead of a nose and a mustache, it's just got a third eye. Yeah. Yeah, the Prince third eye glasses. Yes, yeah, I know exactly. This. Wait a minute. All right. I'm going to come, I need to talk to you four, you four, you're, you're the representatives of this, of this mob. Come up. Wait, what the hell? All right. I'm going to crush it for the absence of the Lord. (laughs) All right. Now, you four, I need to know who is making this unlicensed Jonnet merch and going to, and selling it before we get to port. Because Um, that person is making a fortune. it, It is officially licensed. Yeah, from Kessler Industries. What? No. A subsidiary of Travis Corp. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we assumed that it was kind of part of your whole thing. Kessler is spelled with one S, and okay. the K in Kessler is Q U. So it's and Kessler. there are three extra T's hidden in there. Y'all, okay. Now, now the onus falls back on y'all because you know me, <laughs> because that is not how you spell how you spell my name. You, we, you. Yes? Who Q- okay. U- <laughs> you? It's you. S-S-T-T-T-L-E-R. 
Kessler. We thought you were French. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm and just gonna. gonna everybody, love, right? <laughs> what was <laughs> you, that? You. <laughs> Jonathan Quest love clearly <laughs> Q U apostrophe E S T hyphen C E T T T L E R Kessler. Okay, no, you know what? This I'm going to settle this matter f- for the last time. All right, now I'm going to need yeah. the largest person that we have on the Uhuru. So Gable, please, uh, if you would please show Pardon? yourself. Mm-hmm. Gable, I need you to yes. be big and write something for me, please. Oh, okay. You if you, you can, have the time, you can write. Yes, but I am not. Uh, you are you are big, and I need this font oh, to be letters. extra large. All right, so I have to big be letters. Big hey, right. hey, hey, Gable, Gable. Yes. Who are you? You know who else <laughs> in their lifetime had to write something large? and might inspire you in this. Hang on, let me grab this chair, turn it around backwards, sit oh. in it, and that tell chair, you That's a stool that has no back. A little someone named Jonnet Kessler. Oh. Okay, no, 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 You're gonna tell us about JK? No. Let me write Wait, you the real how truth is this JK? about JK. JK. circumstance. No, Gable, I'm gonna need you to put this matter to bed. Please write my name in big bold letters, uh, my last name in big bold letters okay. for everyone to see. Hold it over the the, yes. the ship so we can settle this right now. All right. Thank you. I am. I know how to spell your name, and mm-hmm. uh, which so. is why I gave it to you. I'll start with yeah. Go ahead, John, dunk this. Give us that the BBL, the big bold letters. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, Why do you need to shorten that? Why do you need to shorten? All right. So I'll start with Jonnet. J O N. Uh huh. And Gable kind of looks at you. Uh huh. And there's another letter after that. Another N. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Fantastic. Jonnet has looking good so far. Jonnet. Of course, you say Jonnet. And the letter that comes from that sound is an. You're our, you're our starter here, Gable. We brought you up here because you were going to uh, crush this. So go ahead and uh, just crush it, crush it, Gable, crush it for the absence I, of a guy. Like because mm-hmm, like like mm-hmm. the third eye. That All right. Yep. Uh-huh. Has. And I then we just round this out okay. because the first name was not T- why we started this. T. So let's just go ahead. Yeah, of course. All right. T and there's only two, one, two. Two, one, one there is one. There's one T. T. You know fantastic. what? I have to check that myself. Jonnet. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. And then one. it's just down smooth sailing from here on the smooth last Smooth sailing name. goes smooth down. Smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Kessler. Uh, mm-hmm. Easy. It, you, uh-huh. it's, say it, spell it how it sounds. Right? Gable, I'm going to stop you right okay. there. Uh, Gable, <laughs> you know what? Um, you're relieved. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I'll I, would, do I, I will spell it. I do. I would love to hear a little bit more about this uh, person that they're talking about. I feel very proselytized right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Just the holy words, John Kessler. Just me. After all, just... You're, you're producing a sign for us. This is clearly a sign. Yes, Gable. I've got really here. good news, uh-huh. and his name is J.K. Okay, John Kessler. How is it J.K.? But you all seem to believe that Kessler starts with a Q. <laughs> that, that well, the, the, the French, the French K. 
is uh, with a Q. You don't know K. who you are following. You don't know. Like, you, you're you using this as an, you're using me as a vessel for your worries um, and your fears. I but you think need to- I know who John Kessler is. I have a personal and relationship with booted John off the ship <laughs> into the water, into the sea. <laughs> just like a huge, like, like sea monster rears up from the ocean and just hump and sinks slowly down. I just wanted to tell you that I absolutely do. I, I didn't, I, I spelled it bad. On purpose <laughs> to you do that, help you think of the next thing to get them off the ship. That is, uh-huh. that's what I did mm-hmm. for you, Gable. We can, we can, we can work this out yeah. uh, later. But for now, I'm just going to need you to get these uh, religious fanatics okay. off of our ship, okay. so we can just uh, we can just take up anchor Fan- and get fan- out of here. Fantastic! And just just for to prove that I know, could you? Spell your name. <laughs> me? You want me to spell my name? Just to prove that I know. You want me to spell my name? Just to prove okay, that I Okay, fine. Know. My name is spelled the end of the segment. <laughs> we black out. <laughs> Sky injects. <laughs> I like that nobody committed to spelling Jonnet's name there. <laughs> At least nobody called him Jonit in that one. Jonit. Jonut. Jonut. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. The history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like, and then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come, join us in the muck at System Mastery. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku channel for free. Just search for The Shortlist, Summer. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash the Neoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, or on his podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. 
The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists, and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. And once for our friends near to rise, twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.